What's up, everybody? Welcome to another GD podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco. Thanks for joining us. We're going to go ahead and get started right off the bat. This is a difficult topic to talk about these days. We're going to be talking about mental health, suicide awareness, and making sure we're checking on each other. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. I will like to say that if you are feeling anxiety, depression, uh, thoughts of uh, thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Once again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Um, hit me up if you just need to talk, if you're, if you're in a bad spot. Um, you know, reach out to your friends, your family, everybody like that. Um, uh, hopefully a helping hand will, uh, will help you through what you guys are going through. So with that being said, this is a tough topic to talk about nowadays. Um, like I said, if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out, seek help through mental health professionals. Uh, for the military guys, Military One Source is a great resource that you have available to you. Um, free sessions, it's not documented. If you're worried about that, um, reach out to a friend, reach out to a loved one. Um, hell, even reach out to me. And uh, and two ears, no waiting. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to what you got to say and, and help you as, as best as I can with the resources that I can resources that I know about. Now, with this, we're going to be talking about uh, me in general, because that's the only thing I'm an expert on is myself. Um, I want to throw it out there. I'm not homicidal. I'm not suicidal. Um, I take my mental health pretty seriously. So you don't have to uh, to worry about me. This isn't a, a cry for help or anything like that. So please don't misinterpret anything that comes through in this podcast is me uh, seeking um, an end solution to a temporary problem or anything like that. Uh, one of the reasons I really wanted to jump into a podcast of this nature is when people talk about what they're dealing with, it tends to um, not only help that individual with whatever they're going through at the moment, so not as not only is this therapeutic uh, for myself and some of the things that I'm dealing with, but this may give someone else the courage or the bravery to step forward or the insight to some of the rumors around mental health um, on the DOD side that there's a lot of misconceptions. If I can help put some of those to bed um, through my own experiences, I would love to do that and provide some assistance uh, to other people to let let them know it's okay to reach out to these individuals. Um, so by me talking about this difficult subject and putting my vulnerabilities and some of my skeletons out there, hopefully it'll make it okay for you guys to feel that you can do the same. All right. So, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. So without, uh, without dragging the intro out any longer than it needs to, we're going to go ahead and get started right off the bat. So my history, all right. Um, I've got a long history of seeking assistance, whether it be from life skills, mental health, military one source, 
chaplain, friends, family, whoever it may be. Um, I first sought help in uh, the spring of 2006. Um, I had a lot of anger issues at the time. Um, I don't want to say that some of it, uh, not all of it was 100% justified. Some of it, you know, there's things that you get mad about in life and that's totally okay. Um, Some things were justified. Other things were just, you know, young, dumb and alcohol fueled. Um, And that's not an excuse by any means, but after some uh, self-reflection, that's, that's kind of what I've determined it to be. Um, so I had some anger issues, uh, stemming from, uh, a, a pretty interesting relationship, uh, that I was in at the time. Um, first time I'd ever been through anything like that. So it was definitely a hard thing for me to not only process, but deal with and continue to have to deal with. Oh, sorry about that continually have to deal with. Uh, I was not ready for or used to that uh, situation first time I've dealt with anything like that. So I went and sought help. Um, I got enrolled into some anger management classes to help address some of the feelings that I uh, was going through at the time um, and uh, sought the help not only through a mental health professional, but also through group talk through the anger management. And I think it really did assist in my getting through that time period in my life. Now with the drinking and the anger management and seeking mental health at no time did that ever affect my career. And I think that is one of the biggest, um, stigmas around the mental health, uh, game within, uh, the DOD specifically is if I go and seek, help through the mental health office, if it's in my medical records, my career's over, or um, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do with my career because this will be on my history. Um, None of that, none of um, my anger management, none of my drinking in excess, none of my seeking mental health help ever affected my career in a negative light. Did my supervisors and my chain of command become aware of it? Um, Yes. Was I ever enrolled in a alcohol anonymous or anything else like that program? No. Um, I just stopped drinking for uh, quite a long, quite a long time. Um, I didn't hang out with the same people that I was hanging out when I was drinking XYZ. I pretty pretty much just um, stopped on my own, stopped drinking on my own, which helped lead to better decision-making. Um, at no time did I, uh, did any of this affect my, my career or my job performance or my job opportunities or any of the, the clearances that I do have for my job. So I'd like, and that's obviously my case specifically, but you know, if you go and seek mental health, if you're a walk-in, if you walk in and self-refer, um, that's you seeking help and under no circumstances should you face repercussions for, um, seeking help. Now, if you're in a, if you're in a career field where you're handling, um, firearms or something like that, they may, you know, 
take you off post or, or de-arm you for a period of time, but it, it's not going to, you get de-armed, that's not the end of your career. That's you seeking help and making sure that you're good as a person before you go back on, go back on duty. And that's uh, no problem with that. Um, so I sought help again in, uh, fast forward a couple years, I sought help again in uh, the 2009-2010 time frame for um, uh, and this was dealing with an unknown medical issue uh, which later turned out to be benign oh what is it I wrote it out sorry uh, paroxial uh, positional vertigo or just BPPV shorthand. Um, so I suffer from, and it's documented, so I don't have a problem talking about it now. Um, positional vertigo. So basically the act of me thinking, uh, I'm experiencing some type of movement or spinning when in fact I'm actually not at all. Um, so I was having these episodes, couldn't figure it out. Um, the doctors couldn't tell me anything. Uh, medical personnel couldn't tell me anything. All kinds of tests couldn't tell me anything. And it was going on for the episodes were lasting for on and off for a long period of time, um, which led to a lot of anxiety, depression, things like that. Um, it was the first time I was ever put on uh, any type of medication. Um, I was put on uh, medication for the anxiety that I was dealing with due to the unknown, my military career, all that stuff. So um, first time I got put on medications. Me personally, I don't like medication. Um, but, you know, still didn't affect my career. Um, I didn't like the idea of being on meds. At the time, I was scared it would affect my career because I didn't have the insight that I did that I do now. Um, and hindsight is probably a good thing that I was uh, put on medication. I was in a pretty dark spot. I didn't know uh, about my career, my medical health, uh, anything like that. Um, but I was able to uh, change change jobs. I went back to school. I made it through, and I became a, a productive uh, member of that career field. And even though I sought mental health, I was in a dark spot. I was medicated for a time. Um, during that period, it still didn't lead to a negative career impact. Was my career um, slowed or hampered? I don't feel that it was. I made sure that uh, I basically took a knee, made sure I was good. Once I was good again, I got put back in the game and not a problem. Um, I would say what I learned through that process is the medical career field doesn't have all of the medical answers and that they do their best, but medical information is good as medical information is. If they don't know about something or they didn't learn about something or their colleagues that they're bouncing this information off of, uh, haven't dealt with this problem before, they may not know how to diagnose that problem. And that's, 
I don't want to say that's okay, but you don't know what you don't know. And that's kind of the situation I was in back in 2009, 2010 timeframe with that. But that experience has taught me how to take care of myself and how to do my own research and seek um, answers to problems without necessarily relying on other people, but at least knowing that, you know, sometimes you got to do a little bit of research yourself and go in with, hey, I don't know what this is, but I've kind of narrowed it down. Maybe we can look in this direction or this type of treatment process or treatment plan and you can kind of go from there <clears throat> and if they buy on off if they buy off on it they buy off on it and if they don't you can still pay out of pocket which is what i ended up doing and what i paid out of pocket for was a chiropractor and that was seemed to be the only thing that really helped in that situation um but that's besides the point uh next up was um like I said, I've had a lengthy, a lengthy experience with this, and I just kind of want to throw it all out there, because um, not all mental health is is sought through the chaplain. Um, sometimes you need some, uh, or excuse me, not all help is sought through um, the mental health side. Sometimes you can see the chaplain, which is what I did. Um, I sought help via the chaplain on a deployment. So um, I was on a, I was on a deployment, extended TDY, whatever you want to call it. And I was having um, trouble communicating with the wife, not only um, just normal communications, just like um, normal husband and wife stuff, but also via um, the budget, which we talked about last podcast is we were having trouble communicating about our finances, which just compounded our communication problem in the first place. So I sought help for... um, us to get marriage counseling via the chaplain and we did that through uh facetime and skype and things like that that were available back in in 2014 2015 time frame so we literally uh facetimed each other and then had a marriage counseling meeting with the chaplain in his office as our mediator and then we worked on our communication 8,000 miles away while I was on this extended TDY and she was uh, back stateside. Um, and that greatly helped. Uh, it helped our communication as far as um, there's a difference between listening to hear and listening to understand. And there's talking to be heard and talking to um, get a point across uh, expressing uh, a point of view versus telling somebody how it is X Y Z all these all these um, marriage counseling or counseling in general terms that are put forth to to uh, help individuals communicate better with each other. Um, uh, this was part of what led us to the Dave Ramsey thing is. Um, not only were we struggling with communication, but we were struggling with uh, communicating with our finances, and that's what laid, laid, led us to Dave Ramsey. Um, and our communication, though, is still tough at times, and I'd like to think that I'm a large part of that problem um, based on my communication uh, type and the fact that my default emotion is anger, 
which I'm definitely trying to work on. Um, but yeah, I, I know that I make things difficult. Um, so yeah, uh, not all mental health is sought through the mental health office or military one store. Sometimes your, your, your mental and marital health can be sought through the, uh, the chaplain corps there. Um, while in Cali, uh, while I was out there, I also sought help for medical issues again, um, with no effect on my career clearance, anything else like that. I was in my current career field. I have a, uh, pretty high security clearance at no time was I ever taken off any program. No time was I ever restricted from gaining access to, uh, any of the materials to do my job or do research for my job or anything else like that. I had, uh, no issues with that. Um, it turned into stress management. I was not prescribed any medication, anything like that. Um, and through that, through seeking that help, um, that doc actually became a, a, uh, a very good sounding board, a very good friend, um, who I to this day fully trust and, uh, have a real connection with. And I think that's super important for you to, um, not only find, uh, seek out mental health, but also, um, trust who you're talking to. Um, we all know that they have, you know, patient client confidentiality and depending on who you are and where you are and all this other things, um, some things are reportable, some aren't X, Y, Z, nothing was ever reported on myself. Um, notes weren't really taken. They were very vague. It was just, he was a good dude to, uh, sit down, decompress to vent, talk about what my stresses were talk about what my concerns were with that. Um, names, uh, Kevin Hooker, one of the uh, best dudes, um, that I've seen in the mental health game, but also probably one of the, just the best dudes that, uh, I've met in my life. Super, super humble down to earth. Um, definitely calls you on the carpet when, uh, I'm being a dumbass, which is definitely needed and appreciated. Um, so Kev, if you're, if you're listening, uh, much love, uh, miss you and hope you're doing great things. Um, in fact, uh, this is what's going to lead us into, um, the next uh, subject matter is while I was there at Cali, um, I experienced my third in shop suicide. Um, unfortunately, uh, a friend of mine, Joseph Joe Connors, um, lost his internal battle and, um, committed suicide in, uh, in August of, uh, 2017. So that was, uh, that was really tough, uh, to deal with. In fact, I'm, I'm not a super emotional dude, but I'm getting, uh, emotional just talking to Joe about Joe right now. Um, and this is where it's important to, uh, to know, know your coworkers, know your friends. Um, we all thought 
Joe would be the uh, the last one to to do anything like that. Uh, he had everything uh, everything going for him, uh, literally everything going for him. If uh, those of you that know Joe, if any of my buddies are listening to this, um, we know that uh, Joe was a hard charger. He was selected as Airman of the Year uh, for the wing. He received the Levito Award at Airman Leadership School, which is the highest academic achievement award that you can receive at a professional military education course uh, for the branch. Um, He was selected to the rank of staff sergeant that day. Um, And then later that evening, I received a phone call from the flight chief uh, for an emergency recall uh, to come back to the shop and, uh, there had been a death in the flight and, uh, Joe was no longer with us. Um, that was a really tough night. Um, for me, for some odd reason, I, uh, couldn't show emotion at the time of the event. Like you would think, um, you lose a friend like that. You, you cry, you're sad, whatever. I don't know why I didn't. My my brain just wouldn't allow me to do so. Um, maybe it was shock. Maybe it was anger. I don't know. Um, but I just wasn't able to, to show emotion, which still somewhat upsets me. I, I've tried to talk that one out and understand it. Um, and it could just be a, a self self-defense mechanism from, uh, from feeling that pain is kind of what I've determined it to possibly, sorry, taking a drink, um, possibly be, um, through talking with that one with, uh, with Ke- uh, Kevin, um, currently what I've kind of thought about it to be, um, what really got me was my frustration with the aftermath. Um, not the funeral, not the, um, not the dealing with the, the family or anything else like that. His family was amazing. Um, his, his, his father's an awesome dude. His family came in, we took him around, showed him around. Um, I kept my distance from that just cause I didn't want to, um, think I was just protecting myself once again I didn't want to uh I didn't want to go through it I didn't want to deal with it um so I didn't put myself in the position to to interact with his family too much um I really just buried myself back in my work which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do um and part of that work was um his equipment and his gear and everything like that um the other two in uh, co-worker suicides that I've had. One was a civilian, uh, so that was handled on the civilian uh, civilian side through Air Force personnel and all that other stuff. And then the other one was while I was in uh, tech training and um, 
was very removed from that one. Though I worked with him every day, it was and went to school with him every day. It was uh, kind of a different situation, but this one being uh, in charge of equipment and gear and um, signing for equipment, it was it was my job to assist in the um, recovery of all of Joe's gear. So in the unfortunate instance where a uh, member dies, the government um, needs accountability of all of their assets. So uh, anything that Joe was ever issued through uh, the service was um, tracked down and accounted for. And I just was somewhat frustrated with um, the way that was handled, sending individuals to his house to, to find stuff and that's just my own my own gripe um, or whatever. But um, this next part uh, really hit me um, because Joe um, Joe killed himself with a service pistol. Um, so that pistol was taken into evidence and, and dealt with as evidence through the investigation, everything like that. But that weapon was on our books. Um, I was, I signed for that firearm, that firearm belonged in our inventory and I was, uh, I was ultimately responsible for the life cycle of that weapon on our books. So when we got that firearm back from investigators, um, they, uh, they said, Hey, make sure you guys get this thing cleaned. So my first thought was, what do you mean? Get it cleaned. Um, firearm wasn't cleaned. So, um, we already had a standing rule that the firearm did not come back into the building, uh, that we worked in due to the fact that it would, um, obviously it's upsetting. It's the, it's the, the item that was used, uh, for Joe to, to take his life. So, uh, the gun wasn't allowed back in the building and the investigators didn't clean it. The folks on base that are responsible for such, um, such tasks, uh, in not such a kind manner said, not our problem. And then I, uh, (laughs) I did the thing you're not supposed to do. And, um, went on to social media um, because right after this happened uh, a few months later because this happened in the end of August and then we unfortunately lost another um, member of our particular career field at a different base and this guy was venting on social media. I hopped on there and uh, made a quick four-sentence post that is synopsized into Hey man, this just happened at our base. Our commander's doing a good job. The wing, not so much. And when the general says he will be there for you, he either will or he won't be. Um, From there, that uh, was screenshotted, sent through the flight chat, was then sent to the squadron commander, the group commander, and then wing PA to see what all I had violated. Um, so the next 
day I'm on the uh, on the carpet explaining my social social media gatherings on um, why am I calling out the general? Why am I posting on social media underneath a gentleman's rant about how you know the military treats this X Y Z blah 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 blah? It is then that uh, individuals found out that it was my third in-flight suicide. Um, I never said what general it was. Um, I never said what wing or unit I was at when this happened. Um, So they were just unknown. I guess I was too vague in uh, in my thing if I maybe would have put at this point in time or maybe explained it better I would have gotten less trouble but that's why I don't post a lot of stuff on social media like that anymore surprise right um but uh I tell you that to say this is um this happened before we got the firearm back um and my my keynote was uh in that was that the wing not so much and that uh, the wing didn't, uh, the wing agency that was responsible or could have been responsible for ensuring that the firearm was cleaned before the specific individuals in his unit had to, uh, turn that firearm in and go through the whole process of firearm turning and everything like that had to deal with that firearm in that state. Um, got a hold of that firearm and had to uh, had to do what we did with it um, they could have had it cleaned um, so this probably happened um, Joe we lost Joe in August this happened in October and I believe uh, the, the Facebook stuff happened in October and then in November uh, is when we finally got the firearm back and um, the firearm was not cleaned so uh, not wanting to cause any more of a ruckus, I uh, I just cleaned it. Um, you know, I thought I would be fine. I thought I would be okay. Um, I was not. Uh, that's kind of when I broke down and showed that emotion um, as I'm sitting there cleaning the firearm and uh, <laughs> and cleaning Joe off of, uh, off of the gun, um, outside the, uh, outside one of the buildings, just out there cleaning, cleaning a firearm, cleaning my buddy off of the firearm, and then, um, taking it over and getting it inspected for function and everything like that by the appropriate agency, and then going over and turning it in to, uh, the supply warehouse where they can store it until it gets uh, until it gets shipped off back to the original owner. Had a whole letter drawn up that um, requesting the the firearm be um, taken out of circulation due to the p- particular history of said firearm. Um, don't know if that ever happened. Never got uh, clarification on that. But what I will say is. Um, once the firearm was finally off the books, I did go back and I got, uh, com- commander has an open door policy. So I grabbed him for a couple minutes and I hopped in there and I said, you know, sir, um, 
just uh, just last month, I was standing on the carpet answering for social media postings, um, and I, you know, I said you were doing a good job, and I explained that you know generals will be there or they won't. This particular one was he was outstanding, but I've had generals in the past, and I was just trying to relay to this individual that you know, you know, sometimes people will see say they'll be there and then they won't. Right? It's a it's sometimes people have empty words. Our commander just so happened to not have empty words. He was really there for us. Same thing with the command chief. The whole wing um, was really there for us with the exception of maybe this one unit. Um, but I said, you know, when the wing, the wing says that they're going to be there for, you know, when I said the wing, not so much, not only the, the gear inventory and everything like that, but really I was like, I just cleaned, uh, Joe off of the firearm and, um, you know, the words that were said by that particular unit be like, it's not our job. Get somebody from the unit to do it. Probably not the, the best thing. And like, it is what it is. It's done and it's over with, but maybe you can put that in your after actions report to ensure that other people in the future don't have to do that. Um, that's what my, <laughs> that's what my, uh, my last jab, uh, cause everybody knows I'm a smart ass. Um, and I'll throw it out there, but Hey, um, not only, uh, is it my, I, I feel it's my job to ensure that that something like that doesn't happen in the future, but it's also, uh, I feel it's my job to, to put that out there and let that, that be known that, you know, stuff happens, right? Um, so that was really hard for me to deal with and I'm, I'm, I'm still dealing with that one. Um, uh. Like I said, Joe was the the third in place or in in flight in shop, whatever terminology we're gonna use. Um, he was my third in flight suicide. Um, I lost uh, Colt Rothrock in uh, in 2009. I lost uh, Mark Gusky in in 2010, and uh, Joe in in 2017 all close friends that i worked hand in hand with on a daily basis i went to uh just a few months prior joe and i went to silver flag down in florida together um he ended up uh as a as a team member he was he was given the opportunity to lead um some ops because he was just turning and burning he joe loved the career field loved the job, loved the knowledge, loved everything about it, super knowledgeable, wanted to be a, wanted to make staff so he could, he could mentor and he could train up and he could have more responsibility. Joe touched every single program in our flight, um, just busted it down and, uh, and, and made it better. And then when we lost Joe, um, a lot of things kind of went to the wayside and we kind of, we're left standing there picking up the pieces. Um, there were some things that weren't touched for a long time that, um, that we didn't want to touch. Cause we know Joe, um, Joe was, was deep in it, getting it, everything set up the right way. Um, so that was, that was tough. Um, yeah, but going back to that solar flag trip, like he ended up winning the, um, the, the engineer lead the way, award or whatever which one isn't given out every um every regiment or every class that comes through for 
silver flag, but it hadn't it hadn't been a, a 3E8, and I couldn't tell you how long. They they told us, but we, we didn't know. But Joe crushed it. Um, highly motivated dude. Uh, go-getter, self-starter. He was an awesome, awesome dude. Um, missed the fuck out of that guy. Um, yeah. So... That's what I got to say about uh, Joe. Um, so once again, if you're in a dark place or, or you're not seeing a way out, please reach out um, to friends, to family, to coworkers, to the mental health crew, um, military one source, um, chaplain, whoever, national suicide hotline, um, phone number one 800 uh, 273-8255. Um, reach out. Uh, this world definitely needs you. Um, Joe, we still needed you. Um, I fucking miss you, bro. Uh, uh, fuck, I'm gonna take a break. Okay, now that we're back from that, um, Sorry, shit got real emotional there for a second. Um, so yeah, if you're feeling if you're feeling down or out, there's no way uh, there's no way out. There is. Um, don't make a uh, permanent decision to a temporary problem. Um, once again, please reach out. Uh, somebody in this world needs you. Uh, so currently. <laughs> All right, before I go back down that rabbit hole, um, currently my my mental status is all fucked at the current moment. But um, now I'm seeing mental health uh, again. Now that I'm down here in Florida uh, for dealing with uh, some previous traumas, um, like Joe, uh, it's uh, it's only now, even though I'm. Um, 35 and I've been uh, in the DOD. I don't think it's a secret. I'm in the Air Force now. Um, uh, been in for just over 16 years now. Um, medical advancements, testing, XYZ. It's only now that I've been diagnosed with adult uh, ADHD, uh, attention deficit hyperactive uh, disorder. And then they didn't call it PTSD because it's not, but it's trauma-related stress issues, which I guess I'm going to have to Google that and figure out what the hell that means. Um, I see both a psychologist and a psyche uh, and a psychiatrist. Um, The difference between those is one gives you, uh, one's a medical professional and can issue you drugs, and the other one is... Uh, somebody you talk to and can't give you drugs. So I see both. Um, once again, no effect on my career. Um, back on meds. I'm on, on two different types of meds um, based on some of the uh, testing that was performed, uh, low levels of this, that other thing. They've uh, decided to uh, to try something out. Um, once again, I'm weary of taking medications, but... Uh, I think it's definitely been helping me out, um, increasing 
um, my mood, less irritable, less uh, angry outbursts, uh, things like that. So it's it's been super, super helpful. Um, no effect on my career. Um, still have my clearance, still doing my day-to-day job. Everything is, uh, everything is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have a super supportive chain of command. Um, being my supervisor, we, we've talked about this. Um, we have, uh, we've come up with a, with a, with a game plan. Um, my work center is super supportive of this, super supportive of this. Um, I just throw whatever appointment I have in the calendar and then, you know, I go get myself checked out. Um, I go get myself, um, worked on, um, which is definitely awesome. Uh, everybody's super supportive, supportive of it. You know, if we are not taking care of ourselves, um, we're not doing anybody any good, whether it be our family, our coworkers, our, the people that we, we serve on a daily basis, uh, we're not providing them the best, uh, the best product possible because we're not, um, we're not well. Um, so get yourself, get yourself, uh, work on yourself and all is good. I also have a super supportive and loving wife. Uh, she has to deal with me on a daily basis with all this shit. Um, the mood swings with, uh, that come with, trying out new medications. Um, you know, I went from one, uh, going on to one medication. I was a real asshole and then they, uh, they upped it and I was even more irritable. Um, and then concentration problems, memory problems, uh, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I brought these concerns back to the doc and sure enough, we sat there and, you know, we tried a different approach and got, got that going. We, we found another medication that could possibly help with that. So we switched over and now I've been doing really, really good with that particular medication. And even the wife has said that, you know, I'm less irritable, um, after the adjustment phase, once you get on some of this stuff and you, once it gets fully into your system and everything like that, it can take a while for it to, uh, to level out your, your balance levels in your body and in your system and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, super supportive, um, and understanding and loving wife. Um, with that, I will tell you guys this, if you go, if you do seek help, uh, some people will be supportive. You know, I am blessed and fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of people that are supportive. Um, some people won't understand, um, what's going on or why you, uh, why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you going on medication? Why are you talking to people? Why do you need to do that? Um, and frankly, fuck them. I don't, I don't care. Um, I'm going to take care of myself and, and go from there. Um, and some people won't support you. Um, and I feel, uh, super bad. Um, people wouldn't support somebody seeking, um, self-improvement because that's all it is like self-improvement. You read a self-help book to, you know, be a better communicator or you read a self-help book on how to lose weight. Why wouldn't, you know, you seek help for your mental health status? Um, 
I just don't get it. Um, I would say just deploy uh, empathy and compassion for that person's not uh, a person's inability to understand uh, personal growth, to be honest. Um, and then I was thinking about this the other day, just like your, your physical health um, is up to you, so is your mental health, right? If you're out of shape, overweight, whatever, it's up to you to fix that by uh, diet and exercise, right? So uh, just like your physical health, your mental health is up to you. So surrounding yourself with positive uh, positive influences and positive role models, but also seeking help. Um, the power of positivity, I feel, is definitely real. I'm definitely in a positive work environment these days, which definitely helps out with that. I have a positive home life. I've got positive activities outside of work, whether it be working with nonprofits such as Mission Ready Finance, which helps uh, military and first responders deal with um, financial coaching and uh, dealing with their dealing with their finances and getting them out of debt and on track to build wealth and uh, you know stay on a positive financial track. Um, so I work with non, uh, Mission Ready Finance on their advisory board. So I work with a national nonprofit, full 501c3, all that fun jazz. I'm also the match director for the National Rifle League out at Altus Shooting Solutions, uh, just north of Baker, Florida. So that's super positive. That keeps me <laughs> pretty busy, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, um, so this is, uh, this is running it right about 45 minutes to an hour now. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Um, thank you guys for, for sticking with me, um, through this podcast. Um, I'm definitely feeling pretty good right now. Um, getting all of this out on the table. Um, so if you guys have anything for me, um, please hit me up. I'm on the social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at hotgdrod. Uh, you guys can find my email through the anchor.fm forward slash another, or excuse me, forward slash GD podcast. You can find me there. You can find me on all of the podcasting outlets. Go ahead and get in touch with me. The email, if you can't find it, is guy.demarco.84 at gmail. Hit me up. Let me know what you guys think about the podcast. Um, if you guys have any questions for me involving the mental health realm, uh, please let me know. I've, I've I think I got a little bit of experience with it. I'm not a medical, I'm not a mental health professional, and I don't have all the answers. But I can definitely steer you in the direction of those that would have the answers. Um, if you guys want to reach out to me and um, ask me any in, uh, in-depth questions, um, I'm happy to do so. Um, thank you guys for, for, for sitting here and listening to me get some of this stuff off my chest. Um, it's, uh, you know, one of my therapists, uh, said that I should, you know, write a letter and then burn it and, uh, put some thoughts into it. And I thought, you know, um, if that helps anybody, it's just going to help me. And, uh, 
I definitely want to help anybody out there that might be listening to this that, you know, is struggling. So um, hopefully by me sharing what I'm going through, what I've been through, what I continue to go through with uh, the ongoing stress of continued medical diagnoses for uh, my oldest son, um, you know, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of concern. Late nights, worry, early mornings, um, but it can be conquered, right? It can it can be overcome, just like anything in life. So, um, if me sharing my story gives you any type of hope, inspiration, or just gets you through another day, um, I hope this I hope this helped you guys. Um, any comments, feedback, anything like that, hit me up on the social media side. I'm going to go ahead and sign off before I just keep rambling. So once again, thank you for listening to another GD podcast. I've been your host, Guy DeMarco. Thanks for bearing with me. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Later.